0: Hello my friends and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 15th is Matthew chapter 8 verses 14 through 34 and Mark chapters 4 and 5. It's very important when we read these stories in the Gospels that we engage the Holy Spirit, that we pray and ask for illumination. Father, help us understand why you've preserved these particular stories and not many others. Father, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Give us your spirit, Father. Your word says, how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Father, we ask, give us your spirit. Help us to understand Matthew 8, 14 begins with Jesus healing Peter's mom, who was sick with a fever, and it says she got up and began to serve him. It's a picture in my mind of why God would heal us, and it's so that we would serve him. Why would God afflict us? It's to get us to pray and to seek him so that we would understand there's something that he wants us to be doing. Certainly, not every sickness is a result of not doing God's will, but sometimes when we are afflicted, it's because God is trying to get our attention to do something. Certainly, when God does miraculously heal us, we should use that newfound health to praise Him, to worship Him, to serve Him. Verse 16 says, Jesus delivered the demon-possessed with a word, drove out the spirit with a word, and healed all who were sick. Fulfilling the word of prophecy from Isaiah in chapter 53, verse 4, He himself took all our weaknesses and carried our diseases. It's interesting to me, beginning in verse 22, how Jesus seems to be dissuading people from following him exactly opposite of many churches today who are doing everything to make people feel comfortable. When a scribe approached Jesus and said, I will follow you anywhere, Jesus said, I don't even have a place to sleep. Are you sure? Another one of his disciples said, Lord, I'll follow you. Just let me go and bury my father first. Many theologians will try to explain this away. Maybe the guy's father was sick. He wasn't even dead yet. It could have been months. It could have been years before He was ready. But what if the man had already passed away? What if he had passed away that morning? Sir, let me just spend a week with my family mourning and then I'll come follow you. Jesus' response seems harsh. Let the dead bury their own. You come follow me. Count the cost. To follow Jesus is to follow him without condition. Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously wrote, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. That's what it means to pick up your cross daily and follow him. Not my will, Father. Your will be done. What would you have me do today, Father? Verse 23 begins the story of Jesus asleep in the boat. The wind and the waves are Crashing into the boat the water is coming over the sides of the boat it's in danger of sinking and Jesus Jesus is sleeping soundly in the stern or the back his disciples come to him saying why are you sleeping aren't you worried we're about to drown out here why are you afraid you of little faith he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and immediately there was a calm Why is this story in here for us to read, to ponder? It's in three of the Gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Why was it included? Just to show that Jesus had the power to command the wind and the waves? Was it to encourage us that we, like Jesus, are given his authority and that we have the power to command the wind and the waves. Of course, the power is his, but he grants us the authority. Many people would say this is just an analogy. It didn't really happen. Or maybe if it did really happen, we should never expect it to happen in our own lives. And I would say that's a dangerous false teaching. Jesus said we would do greater works than he. Christianity should not be depending upon eloquent words from a speaker who delivers a fantastic three- or five-point message. What is greater, to win an argument or a theological debate, or to command the wind and the waves to be still, Is it better to reason somebody into the faith about why they don't want to go to hell someday? Or to show them the power of God and how he's given the authority of the Messiah to us by commanding a drought to end like Elijah? Mark 4 begins with the parable of the sower, also known as the parable of the four soils. Here again, another parable that's included in three of the four gospel accounts, all but John. I'd like to once again focus on that third soil. It's worded a little bit different in Mark 4, verse 19, the worries of this age, the deceitfulness or seduction of wealth and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. I wonder if Jesus told this parable again and again, trying to drive home the point that the word of God would not be received by 50% of the world and 25% or at least half of those who did receive the word would not do anything with it because they would care too much about the things of this life, the seduction of wealth, the desires for other things that enter in and choke the word. This is why it's so important that Christians fast, that they deny the flesh. And I'm not talking about fasting from your favorite TV show for a week. am talking about denying your body of sustenance, forcing yourself to depend on the spirit things. Your spirit becomes more alive. The voice of God becomes heightened and the grip that the flesh has on influencing your decisions is weakened. I can't argue this from a biblical perspective, but my hunch is the good soil is made up of people who fast and likely only the good soil is made up of people who fast. Verse 22 of Mark 4 says, There is nothing hidden that will not be made known. What we do in private will be made known in public. How we invest our time the things that we devote ourselves to. There's no hiding, friends, in the kingdom of heaven. And as scary as that thought is, it should inspire us all to pray and say, God, change me. I know that some of these secret behaviors I have are not of you. This is sinful. I need to change. Please come and change me. James writes that we should confess our sins to one another and then we will be forgiven and even healed. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that says, you can keep your secret sins a secret and nobody will ever know. There is freedom in confession of sin. And as Jesus said, there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. There is nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. God is shining his light on the secret areas of our hearts, exposing the dark places in hopes that we will do the right thing, that we will repent of those sins and be changed into his image. None of us are perfect. None of us ever attain perfection. Let us do the hard work of becoming sanctified so that God can use us and elevate us because too many Christian men and women have been elevated to a national or even international stage only to fall in a horrendous moral failure and it has shipwrecked the faith of too many people. Many people would rather just stay the way they are, keep their life comfortable and not have to worry about this sanctification because they don't really want a lot of people following them. That's fine. Be that third soil. Be more concerned about the things of this life than about producing fruit for the kingdom of heaven. But a small subset of this audience today is listening to this. Their hearts are cut and they realize they will make a decision to get their spiritual houses in order so they can be used by God without harming the public. In Mark 5, the man who was tormented by a legion of demons is delivered. We've read this story previously on this journey through the scripture. It's interesting to me how how it mentions in Mark that he was cutting himself. People cutting themselves, mutilating their flesh. I would venture to say, do not do that because they are led by the Holy Spirit to do so. This is a demonic activity. If you feel led to cut yourself, to mutilate your flesh, rebuke that voice that is speaking to you, that thought that comes into your head, take that thought captive. Recognize that it's from the enemy and that God did not create you for the purpose of causing yourself pain. There is deliverance for those who hate themselves, for those who wish they were dead, for those who believe they need to focus on their own depravity and punish themselves. If tormenting yourself and causing yourself physical pain is alleviating a spiritual pain, you need to be delivered and there is deliverance for you available in Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for all sin. If you believe on Him, trust that He paid your penalty. Trust that He rose from the dead. Trust that He sits at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Trust that He paid the penalty for you. You don't need to penalize yourself any longer. Be delivered in Jesus' name because of God's Perfect love for you and his separation of your sin from you as far as the East is from the West. It's also interesting that the townspeople begged Jesus to leave them in the exact same way that the demons who were tormenting that man begged Jesus not to send them out of that region. It's the same word that that man used when he was delivered and clothed and sitting in his right mind, that he begged Jesus, let me come with you. The woman healed of the flow of blood had incredible faith in Jesus. When he finds out who she is, says to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed from your affliction. She took determination, great courage, and also humility to recognize her need and his power. It's a tremendous concoction. Courage with humility. There's nothing it can't accomplish. When Jesus arrives at the house of the young girl who had passed away, he raises her from the dead, and then once again we see he gave them strict orders to tell no one what he had done. Again, we see Jesus not trying to create a mass following for himself, not trying to draw attention to the himself, but going around helping people who needed help. May we follow his example. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow.